Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do? We had a very peculiar past two days in the Philly sports world. Uh, let's start with football. The Eagles beat the Panthers uh, 21-18. to Against the Carolina D, I mean, some things weren't perfect, obviously, but they stayed in there and we're able to pull away a win. Um, we'll talk about what went into that, what we're still seeing from uh, Nick Sirianni and from Jalen Hurts that we would like to see improve. Um, a couple roster moves. <sighs> they let go of my boy, uh, Travis Fulham. It was, it was a good run. It was a good run. Any comments on that, Chip? Yeah, I was a uh, surprising move. Um, Fulham's your boy. We all know yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I just hope he doesn't go to someone in the division. That's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of been a roller coaster ride for him uh, ever since he joined the Eagles last year, um, and it culminates with with him getting released today. So it's a little a uh, little little bit of a shock, a little shame, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Oh well, that's life. It's business. I, I get it. Things have to change sometimes. But let's move on to the funny news, uh, or rather than funny, interesting. Um, Ben Simmons and his agent, Rich Paul, have been working with the Sixers uh, to get him back to Philadelphia. Mm. Interesting, huh? Very, very interesting. Um, It's weird because he's selling his home, you know, in the area. Um, But I don't know. I mean... Maybe he realized that it was a mistake, which it was. I don't know. I don't know what's been going on, but uh, kind of ironic that uh, he might end up back here. Look, I, I mean, at this point, what Ben Simmons would have to do, he just has to accept the boos that he will get. There is no doubt he will get booed. Mm. And he will have to make jump shots. Mm. And if he does that, on top of what he already does, I think the city of Philadelphia can forgive. If yeah, you- definitely. I mean, if he, listen, if he comes back and plays well and, you know, actually is willing to, you know, adjust and, and, and you know, ultimately take shots, then I think the fans will welcome him back with open arms. Um, but it remains to be seen if he's going to do that. And it even remains to be seen if he's even, uh, even uh, going to come back. Uh, but that, you know, that's the news that came out today. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so far, that's all I got left. What'd you say, Chippy? Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Let's get in the huddle and talk some birds, baby. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. So, Eagles go down to Carolina and squeeze out the win. They beat the Panthers by 321 to 18. 
there was a lot of good that I saw in this game, and there was still some of the same. Uh, I don't know if it's just the young team meshing with a young coach and new um, new coordinators. Uh, what were the main points that you saw from this game that you thought were good signs moving forward? Well, good signs is they stayed in the game. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, another thing is, I, it was just a very sloppy game in general on both sides. Um, you know, I would like to see the turnovers, you know, lessen. Obviously, um, the pick to to, J, uh, to Dante Jackson from Jalen Hurts was just not a good throw. Uh, he overthrew Zach Ertz, and why you're throwing to Zach Ertz there anyway, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, obviously the Devontae Smith fumble, um, but it, it was just a very sloppy game in general. Uh, but, you know, obviously they stayed in it. The defense played really well um, pretty much all the game, but especially down the stretch. Um, and, you know, they, they eked out a win, so. I like that. Um, looking at – we went up against the Panthers' D – and it seemed like they were able to at least keep it in stride for a majority of the game. Uh, how do you like their chances going up against the defense like Carolina's in the future? I know uh, we have Tampa Bay coming up on Thursday, unfortunately. May God have mercy on our souls, but their defense is a little banged up. Do you think that there's a chance not to win? I don't know if they're going to win, but to put up some numbers and actually show that they have power offensively. Yeah, uh, no question. I think they, they do have the potential to do that. Um, it was, it was again, just a lot of missed opportunities once again, and just turning the ball over. Um, so if they get that cleaned up and again, penalties are killing the Eagles again. And that's, that's been since the start of the season. So well, they you know, have to clean. There was another penalty uh, with an ineligible receiver down the field. Yeah. What, what is going on with that? Is it just the timing is off with the play? Um, Hertz should be moving the ball before that uh, blocker goes down. Correct. Well, it's it's not really on Hurts. It's it's more on the play design. It's you know because they run a lot of RPOs with Jalen Hurts, um, mm-hmm. and if Jalen Hurts you know keeps the ball and passes it, and then but the lineman thinks that they're running it, that he's going to run downfield and try to block, and you know, okay, then the, that's you know so it's just the play design, um, and you know the the linemen have to be more uh, you know I get they want to block, but you know you kind of have to stay back a little bit um it's just weird because you know it's all it's like the the quarterback decides what to do when the play is happening so it's kind of hard for for everyone to decide what what what's going on but um so that's that's the main reason why that's happening but yeah i mean just you know just and other than that though but there was a lot of just dumb penalties you know more um you know, more false starts. I, the the Devonte Smith touchdown was erased because Greg Ward uh, ran to the defender, which you can't do. Um, and I think that's you know, I think that's on the play calling. I think you, you got to come up with better plays in the red zone than those type of plays. Like you can't you can't bank on the fact that the refs aren't going to call that, which they are. Like well, I mean, they, they've done that same play twice. The same thing yeah. with JJ Arthago Whiteside earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean they got they got three touchdowns wiped off the board against Kansas City last week, and they have another they had another one against Carolina. So you can't continue to call those type of plays in the red zone like that because they're going to be called. So I think they have to come up with better better game plans for the red zone specifically, and just come up with better play calls. Yeah, I, I mean uh, I agree with you. I, I think that the offensive line is a little jumpy as well. Um, yeah, Landon Dickerson he had penalty. Um, but he's been okay this year. Um, now, question for you. They quote me if I'm wrong. 
Dillard was left tackle and Mylotta was right this this game. Correct. Why? Well, because Dillard doesn't play right tackle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and my lot of has experience at right tackle, so. I know, but it, towards it was it the second quarter where Jalen Hurts got slammed twice in a row. Yeah, that was my lot. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, back to the back plays. I know. You know the, the <laughs> thing is too, like I think my lot was playing so well at left tackle before yeah. he got injured. It's like I don't want to throw him off. He already got a stride going. It, it was his position. Yeah. And I yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not all that great. It's, you know, it's not helping the fact that with like the whole Lane Johnson situation going on right now. And again, I don't, we don't even know what's going on with Lane Johnson. It's just personal matter. It's just first, but the, there was reported today that he may not even play this year. Really? So uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Lane Johnson, but well, he's done a lot for the city. So I mean, if he's going to miss game, if he's going to miss time for personal matters, it's probably something very it, big. It, you know? It's got to be some serious if you're going to miss, you know, a multi- multitude of games. Uh, but I mean, I just don't know what it could be. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, Dillard. I, I think I thought Dillard played okay. Uh, and like you said, Dick, Dickerson's been playing okay. Uh, but again, it's just a lot, a lot of penalties that they have to clean up, and they just can't continue to, to, to have you know, eight to ten penalties a game. It's just, it's not sustainable. Yep. Yep. Um. So defensively, uh, Darius Slay had two interceptions, and Stephen Nelson had one. Um, for the most part, they played really well. Uh, they limited what Sam Darnold could do with the ball. Um, the only thing they gave up a hundred yards rushing to Hubbard. Um, what, what else did you see that could have went better defensively? And what, what, what do you want to put out there is, you know, that, that looked good. Well, I mean, like you said it, I mean, the rushing game, has, the rushing defense has to be better. Uh, you know, against Dallas, we let up over a hundred against Kansas city, we let, let up over a hundred and same thing here. So the, the run defense has to be a lot better. Uh, but you know, the passing defense was, was really, really good. Uh, this week, uh, they were getting a lot of pressure on Sam Darnold. Um, Javon Hargrave, I think, had two sacks. Uh, he did. Had one. Um, so, yeah, they, they were getting good pressure on him. Uh, and, and the back end played really well. Uh, like you mentioned, Darius Slade, Steve Nelson. Uh, but Avante Maddox had a, had a really nice play against Robbie Anderson that, that saved a touchdown. Um, and uh, so, you know, the pass defense overall was really good, but their run defense has to be a lot better. Yeah. You know, I, I think that goes back to the previous games. I mean, you look at the Cowboys game. Good yep. Lord, we were. I remember watching that game like there's nothing we could do. It's over. Yep. And this is in the first quarter. Right. And it just if, if teams can continue to run it down our throats, you know, if Christian McCaffrey were in this game. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think that they have the ability to stop, you know, let alone a uh, bell cow running back a dual threat like christian mccaffrey would have been an, an absolute animal against the eagles yesterday yeah 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 they just gotta i mean they gotta change something up because whatever they're doing now is not working uh and you can't continue to to let let teams run the ball because when teams run the ball then they can do whatever they want um so that that's that's got to be the number one uh you know issue that they have to clean up uh defensively but like i said the the, the passing defense was very very solid uh this past week 
Uh, now, uh, just going off of that, the passing defense was solid this week. W- what improvements did you see that Jonathan Gannon made to the defensive scheme that seemed to work this week? Something clicked, especially in the passing defense. The, well, they got pressure. Um, you know that they and and another thing was they weren't letting the the other team get third and shorts, which was the biggest thing with Kansas City. Uh, can't like it seemed every single drive Kansas City was at like third and one, third and two, third and three, third like etc. But this drive, you know, it was third and ten, third and eight, third and nine. You know, it was third and long basically. Uh, so I think they did a better job of uh, you know, not giving up the plays on the early downs and forcing them to have third and longs, uh, which is huge because you know if it's third and long, it's obviously less likely to to get a first down, and then fourth down comes up and they have to punt or settle for a field goal. So I think they did a lot better job of um, not giving up the big play on the first two downs. They really limited what DJ Moore did as well. I thought he was going to be a big threat this weekend and, you know, I got to give it to him. Uh, they did stop the passing. Well, yep. No question. Uh, you know, DJ Moore, uh, I have him in fantasy, so I know, I know what he's been doing uh, the first couple weeks of the season. He's been really good. Uh, yeah, but they limited him really well. Um, they limited Robbie Anderson. Uh, I know he hasn't done much this year, but um, the one play I think, that they want back was the touchdown to Tommy Tremble that made a 10-3. Um, I literally, I watched the play like five, five or six times and um, someone, so what happened was someone came from the outside on the Panthers, they moved inside uh, and then uh, Anthony Harris was telling Steve Nelson to take Tommy Tremble, which was, it was, it was, at first it was Anthony Harris's man, but then someone came in motion and moved inside of Tommy Tremble and then Anthony Harris took that guy who was moving and he was telling Steve Nelson to take Tommy Tremble. And Steve Nelson did not see what Anthony Harris was saying. So they both took the same guy and Tommy Tremble was wide open. So that was the only play to me um, that they wanted back. And there, you know, there's a few other plays that, you know, it was long chunk plays, but that'll happen during a game. But uh, that was one play that I saw uh, that they probably went back. But other than that, they were really, really good. You know, most of the game, it felt like the Panthers were going to squeak it out. And it was, yeah. you know, just a good sign of resiliency that the Eagles stayed in there and kept playing. Yeah, no doubt. They never gave up. Um, you know, the offense was it was really bad for probably the first half and even probably the first half of the third quarter as well. And then once that well, once I played a Quez Watkins happened, I think that's when they really turned it around. Uh, but the first, you know, the first two quarters and a half for them were they they couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, they, they got nothing going. It was just penalties, turnovers, and just just nothing. They couldn't get anything going until that that Quez Watkins play. I mean, it it always takes one thing to spark the offense, and if they can keep that up, that's great. I, I think what um, in the first half it, it looked really really bad offensively. Uh, I don't think Jalen Hurts looked all that good. Yeah, um, but you know he did stick with the plays. He he did go ahead. Um, you know, there were some, uh, news outlets saying, oh, you know, it looks like he regressed a little bit. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I, I don't think so. I mean, he's been playing pretty consistently all year. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I'm looking for with this team is like, I'm not expecting a nine win season. I'm, I'm expecting improvement week after week. Yep. And if we can see that, that's great. I, I want to see them play a game, a, a really tight game. With Tampa, I just don't want Tampa to go Tom Brady to have, what, 50 fantasy points. Not right. because I'm playing them, but that's just a, a good way to put it. I don't want him to throw five touchdowns. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, go back to Jalen Hurts real quick. You know, like you said, people are saying he kind of regressed a little bit. I think he looked the same, honestly. You know, we talked about it last week, you know, how has he looked overall. He's looked okay. Um, I think I think he's played a little bit better than what people expected, but it's still not great. I think he's still missing passes. Um, he's still making he's still making rash decisions still. Um, and you know, we saw that again with the, with the pick Dante Jackson and, and you know some of the ta- sacks he took and and uh, but overall I think he's playing pretty well. Um, but just just some of the stuff that needs to get cleaned up, like we said last week with with the arm strength and, and the decision making. Um, and you know, so I, I think he, uh, it was just a good defense overall. I think Carolina has a good defense. Um, but I think he, I think he's looked the same, uh, every week so far, which is, is good and bad because you'd like to see some improvement, but, um, you know, he's not regressing, which is good too. I like, uh, the thing too, you can look at stats so much, but watching the Eagles games week after week, sometimes he looks good and sometimes he's just, Eh, he looks a little confused out there. Yep. He's still stuck on his main guy. He's not yep. looking at other options down the field. And you know, there's just a couple of a couple of things that could have gone better. I mean, it, he was a little bit more accurate in the short passing this week. I will say, yeah, uh, there was a one pass to Dallas Goddard that Dallas Goddard just dropped, but that was going to be a touchdown pass if he called yep. it. Yeah, um, last uh, against the Cowboys, rather. Uh, we saw that pass to Devonte Smith that just went right to Trayvon Diggs. There was, there wasn't even a second shot at it, and I don't even think Devonte Smith would have caught it. But I didn't see those stupid plays very much, uh, other than that one pick. Yep, I agree. I, I totally agree. Um, but just just the same stuff that that he needs to work on. Uh, but it is fixable. So uh, you know, I'm not overly worried about it. Like if it was something that couldn't be fixed, I'd be like, all right, maybe we got to look elsewhere. But these are fixable things for him. Um, so he's a young guy. Yeah. I mean, he's young. It's going to take time. Uh, but you know, he's getting, he's getting more and more experience under his belt and, yep. you know, he's learning He and you know, he learned to this, this game specifically was really good experience for him. They were down big, uh, and they were able to rally and come back and, and win the game, um, on, on his, you know, two touchdowns that he, that he ran in. So, um, just, this is a learning experience for him and hopefully he can, can continue to develop and, and get those things fixed. So there's two things I wanted to mention about Jalen Hurts, and then we can move on to the other Eagles news that came out today. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, the reason I like him is because he he really wears his heart on his sleeve every single week. He's looks like he's truly dedicated to improvement and being the long-term starting quarterback. He wants to be the best quarterback he can be. And I think that's why Philadelphia is so receptive of him, because when he messes up, it's not like he just says, oh, well, you know, this happened. He just takes accountability for it and looks to improve every week, which that's exactly how you should be in that position. He's handling the media well. He's handling every situation that's put in front of him well. And I hope that he does continue to improve and grow as a player. Now, yeah, the second thing, you know, I don't know if you're picking up on this too. Uh, when Jalen Hurts is throwing his deep passes, does it look like he's planning his back foot at all? I haven't really noticed it. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. Um, I don't know. I I just think he's he's overthinking the deep ball too much. I think he he doesn't have a lot of uh you know experience with throwing the deep ball, um, and that's just uh, you know and and his arm's not the best in terms of throw power. Um, but I think he's just overthinking when it comes to the. I just you just got when it comes to the deep ball, 
you just got to let it fly. I mean, I know that's, you know, kind of like, you know, not the best advice, but you, you can't, you can't overthink it. You know, if you have a guy deep, you just let it go. Um, and you miss him, you miss him and you move on to the next play. But I think he, I think he's overthinking a little bit. Um, and he needs you to settle down and then let it fly. Yeah. I mean like him hitting Quez Watkins, I would say semi deep was probably, if that was a good sign that he's just letting it happen. Now he saw yeah. him open and he slung it. Yep. That was, that was the perfectly thrown ball. Um, and yeah, definitely. I mean, you you know, if he can continue to do that, that that's huge. And like you said too, if he misses it, he misses it. You just got to step right back up to that line and get going. Yep. Uh, now on to other Eagles news, and this is going to be us complaining at this point, I believe, or at least me for the most part. Yeah, I'll let you take this one. Uh, Travis Fulgham was released today from the practice squad. Mm. Okay, look, I, I don't think Travis Fulgham is the best player in the NFL by any means. I think that he had a lot of improvement that he could do as well. But if you're going to tell me that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is on the active roster and we're releasing Travis Fulgham without giving him another opportunity, like, what are you talking about? You just got to take the L, Howie. J.J.'s not good. Does he have a target this year? I don't think so. I don't, I don't want to hear know. anything about the blocking anymore. <laughs> what does he do? Yeah. What does he bring to this organization? Yep. Would he play in the NFL ever again if he's released? Probably not. Unless yeah, team's prob- desperate. Probably, probably not. not. Uh-huh. Right. Right. So... Wish Fulgham all the best. Uh, I I don't like – these are the things that the front office does that I don't really like. It's it's kind of it, – it's just a pain. You know, it, Travis Fulgham might have fell off last year too, but with Carson Wentz throwing to him in the, in the great form that he was in last year, he had a pretty successful five-week run. Yeah. Why isn't he involved? He can actually catch the ball. Yep. Uh, Greg Ward hasn't been involved as much as I thought he would be this year. Uh, really, Quez Watkins and Devontae uh, Smith are the only two players that are consistently catching the ball. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of Quez Watkins, he actually got more snaps this week than uh, than Jalen Rager, so we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, he deserves it. Quez Watkins is playing really well. Uh, Jalen Rager hasn't done much, so we'll see if that continues, but you never know. <sighs> well, anything else you have to add Eagles-wise? <sighs> Run the ball more. There's still a lot of running the ball. Uh, yeah, I forgot to bring that up entirely, so I'm glad you said something. What's happening there? I, uh, dude, it, it's, it's probably just Howie, man. I mean, they were, you know, they were definitely better than they were, but it's it's still not good. I mean, Miles Sanders got 11 carries. Uh, Kenny Kenny Gamewell got two, I think, and then Jalen Hurts had nine. So they're just not they're not running the ball. Um, and they would be so much they would be a such better team if they if they just ran the ball more. Well, you look at it. He had 11 carries for 45 yards. If if you give him at least a minimum of 15, 16 carries a game. He can yeah. at least double that number. 
Uh, Miles Sanders has proven that he's a good running back. He can break holes and he can get a solid run in here or there. Uh, in the Cowboys game, as soon as you give him the ball once, he ran for 22 yards. I yep. mean, you have to go with the hot hand, too. And I don't want the offense to be strictly based around passing with a rookie quarterback. Well, well not rookie, but you know what I mean. First year officially starting. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, a good offense is uh, it's like a, a diversified portfolio. And, and the, you, you saw it, too, like like Carolina, when we took the lead on that final drive, they were still running the ball with Chuba Hubbard. And that's yeah. with that backup in. So, like, it doesn't matter if you're down. you still got to run the ball in order to have a successful offense because that sets up everything. If you have a good run game, that sets up the play action, that sets up the pass, it sets up everything for your team, and it just makes you a better football team on offense. And the fact that we're still not doing it is not a good sign. Well, see, like the thing is, too, if you establish a run game, you kind of keep the defense on their toes a little bit. Exactly. And it, it, the defense is usually ready unless you just make an amazing play, which, you know, probably nine out of ten times you're not going to get that amazing play to go. Yep. That's that's the risk that's with this offense right now. I, I think with a guy like Miles Sanders and even a backup like Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. You I can, mean, we, you have, can... we have good running backs. It's not like we have bad running backs. They're good. They're just not getting the ball enough. Miles Sanders should be getting it probably six more times a game, minimum, minimum. Yeah, no question. And at Kenny least should 15, be to 20, 15 to 20 carries for Miles Sanders a game, at least probably 10 for Kenny Gainwell. Yep, I was going to say eight to 10. Yeah, I mean, they just, they got to get more, they got to get them more involved. Dude, they're good players. And if you're looking early on into the game, too, when the offense is doing nothing, you should look to change it up a little bit. And they're just not. Yep, they're not doing it. And I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, we've seen in the past that that running that running the ball, it, it just makes you such a better team. I mean, that's the, that's one of the main reasons we won the Super Bowl that that years ago. I mean, we ran the ball and, and then it set up it set up everything. That's, that's the reason Carson Wentz was so good that year. It's the reason Nick Foles was able to do what he did that year. If you're, if you're using a lot of RPO, again, it really opens up the field for you. Yep. But never know. So they – I mean, we've, said, we've been saying run the ball since the season started, and they, they haven't changed anything. So I doubt it's going to change this week, but who knows. Well, we've said our piece. Let's break the huddle and uh, let's move on. Now, Chip, I'm going to let you take this one. Mm. Well, Ben Simmons. Uh, it's been a report. I don't know. I think uh, Woj reported it. If not him, then I'm not sure. But if it is Woj, then shout out to you, Woj. You're the man. Uh, he reported that Ben Simmons, well, not Ben Simmons, uh, Rich Paul has been talking to the Sixers, and they're in talks of Ben Simmons possibly coming back to the Sixers and uh, playing for him. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, what, what are your thoughts, real quick? And then I'll, I'll 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 go into my piece. All right. So this whole thing has been botched from the very beginning. Yep. I have a couple of thoughts, if, if you wouldn't mind letting me. Yeah, yes, please. It's nothing bad. It's just what I think happened. Okay. It's a combination of Ben Simmons potentially thinking he's bigger than he actually is mm-hmm. in the NBA, one. 
Two, Rich Paul's a powerful agent, so he probably thinks, oh, you know, I can definitely get this done. I get it. He's, he's powerful in the NBA. But when you looked at a James Harden situation, he was in the last year of his deal. Ben Simmons has four more years left on his contract. I, I don't think they thought that through. They thought maybe the league might be on their side with this, but if the league were to let this go, that would set a new standard. And contracts would basically mean nothing. Yeah. So I think the league went to the Sixers went to the league or vice versa and said, OK, look, we have your back on this one. Yeah, this, this can't happen. And then once the the national narrative turned on him, mm. there was nothing he could do at that point because everyone saw what we saw in the playoffs. Everyone saw it. And, you know, I, I really I don't like to always bring uh, Stephen A. Smith into things because he does have a lot of hot takes. But his take on Ben Simmons was pretty realistic. You know, it's not like he was playing well and just doesn't fit well with Joel Embiid. It looked like he was making a lot of excuses. What he has to do is get back out there and improve his game. And then if he wants to get if he wants to be traded, the trade deadline's coming up. They'll work something out at that point. He needs to race his trade stock because he's not going to get traded right now. And I think he knows that. That's really it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, and you know, to, to start off, um, this is this is what his fifth year in the league playing, at least. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, he still hasn't developed a shot, which he could have done for how many years now? And, you know, he holds out. You know, he's saying all these things like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, you know, it's the team. It's it's me not fitting with Joel Embiid. It's it's all the stuff that he said. You know, we're not going to get into it. We said it all before. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, he he once once the media was like, Ben, this is on you, man. Like, and I I totally agree. You know, I'm not I'm not the biggest Stephen A. fan because you know again a lot of what he says is just ridiculousness and and uh, but what what he said about Ben Simmons was spot on. And and, cause, and and he knows this because he used to work he used to work here. Yeah. In Philadelphia. He covered he covered the Sixers uh, years ago. A, a um, lot of things that he says about Philadelphia are pretty accurate because yeah, because he knows he, he knows the, yeah. he knows the market. Right. He knows what it's like to live here. He knows the people. Um. And he was spot on. He was. Um. I mean, you guys, you guys know, if you give it your all with for this city, we will give you it all back. And that's exactly like with Allen Iverson. He didn't win a championship, but he is the most beloved sixer of all time. Yeah. And and that that may be a hot like people are like, oh, it's Dr. J. No. AI in our lifetimes. In, in, no, no. And not even that. Like when you watched AI, right, you could tell that it, he was giving his his everything, like his entire body, his entire his like everything. You could just tell. Like it wasn't like he didn't have the guys around him to win a championship, but the fact that he did what he did with that team for this city, it can never be, you know, can never be done again. And that's why he's the most, one of the most beloved people ever for the city. So that's all we want. And some people just don't have the capacity the ability to do that 
or the willingness to, right? So I think you were spot on. I think he he's definitely thinking like, all right, you know, I'm one of these, I'm one of the best NBA players in the league. Um, I you know, I know he's a three time All Star. Don't get me wrong, he's he's been great here so far, but he's not a top ten player in the NBA. Like even like Embiid is. Embiid's a top ten player in the NBA. Ben Simmons is not. If you had a shot, maybe you would be, but you're not. But he definitely overstepped. He sh- th- this whole situation should have been Ben Simmons reports to camp, tells the Sixers in private that he wants to be traded. And we either A, trade him before the season starts, or B, wait till the deadline to do it, and nobody has to know. And then maybe maybe once it, like, maybe something gets out during the season, like, oh, yeah, Ben Simmons wants out. And then he'll get traded, and that's it. Then we move on. But this whole holdout thing could have, should have been avoided, and it's only hurting him in the long run. It's going to hurt him when he comes back, too. Yeah, because he's going to get. His teammates are going to be thrilled. If he, so so, a lot of people blamed him for the for the loss, and you know, rightfully so, he didn't play well. But if he showed up to training camp and just did everything normal then he he probably wouldn't have been booed. But now that he's done this, there's no question he's going to get booed. But, and this is a big but, and this is, this is the only way that he's going to get saved, is if he comes out, he comes, well, first of all, he comes back to Philadelphia. He shows up, and he actually comes out and starts shooting and playing well, then you're forgiven. He That's has the only to put it all out there, though, and he has yes, to. And, so yeah, far. and he has to give it his all. And and if you make a mistake, if you f up, and if you don't play well, own it. Don't be don't be a little bitch and hide behind your agent. You go to the media and say, "This is on me. This is what I did wrong." I'm going to fix it. Yep. And you take it like a man. Yep. And grow a pair. And you look at the younger guys like Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel, they go out there and they give it their all and the city loves them within two years. Tyrese Maxey was loved the moment he got drafted. Yep. And then it only added to the fact that he came out and played well like he did. Yep. Uh, and I think we, we talked about this before, but, oh, well, the Sixers offense doesn't really fit him. They worked the offense around Ben. They incorporated Ben in the offense. They made sure that I, he was I'm, the one leading that offense and had the ball. Like, I don't get it. No, that, listen, that, that whole that whole thing saying oh, Ben Simmons is a fit. Yeah, yes, he does. Because we, where were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year? So don't tell me that the offense isn't, isn't built for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was a three-time All-Star here. He was an all-star last year. We've built around Ben Simmons. Even Joel Embiid shot his career best last year from three. And he shot the ball way more than he should. We have Seth Curry's three-point shooter. Danny Green's a three-point shooter. Furkan's three-point shooter. Tyrese Maxey is developing as a three-point shooter. Matisse Thybul is, you know, limited offensively, but mostly he shoots threes. 
And we brought in guys like George Niang and, and you know, we brought in Andre Drummond to back up uh, Embiid because, you know, Dwight Howard was a mess. But and I still love Dwight Howard. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we have a legitimate backup now for Embiid. But, you know, we brought in guys to shoot to shoot threes. I mean, that's what we've done. We built around Ben Simmons's game to, to help this team win. You know, I also think uh, the reason they brought in Andre Drummond, too, if Embiid's going to be resting a lot or misses time at all, he's a solid guy to have in there. Yeah, it's it, like like the, the drop-off from Embiid to Howard was big. The drop-off from Embiid to Drummond isn't as big. So that's why that move was made. And and, and I love the move. Like, I love the Andre Drummond move. Some people are like, oh, you know, it's going uh, to limit Embiid. Like, no, it's not. And, and Drummond's yeah. the backup. Like, no, if, if you're if looking Embiid's at Drummond playing, with our backup Embiid's lineup, been, it's... Yeah, and like if Embiid's playing, he's playing 35 minutes a game. So, Drummond, Drummond's here for those nights that Embiid doesn't play. And to, to have the drop-off when he's not playing, like when he needs a break, to not be that big. Yep. Um, but When we looked at games that Joel Embiid missed. Drummond, other than Drummond, literally everyone is here because of Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like, literally, like, we've signed guys, we traded for guys for Ben Simmons. Like, everyone around Ben Simmons, other than Embiid, is helping Ben Simmons. Not Embiid. Embiid still was a was an MVP candidate last year with guys who were helping not even him. Like, we traded for Seth Curry for Ben. Traded for Danny Green for Ben. Drafted... You know, drafted Matisse, well, first defense, but you know what I mean. Uh, signed Georges Niang for Ben. You know, we have Furkan for Ben. We brought him, we brought Furkan back for, I think it was three years, for Ben. So, that whole that whole thing saying, oh, this team isn't built for Ben, that, that's crap. It's it's a well, crack and garbage. The, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, and we got booted in the second round. It was just Ben wasn't performing in the second round. You know, and I, I think too the way that he handled that post game press conference was poor. Um, yeah, listen, but like that—that's the stuff that the media looks at too. It's listen, not just like yeah. And, and here's the thing I'll say about that. You know what what's, what Ben Simmons said about in, in the in the post game of that game wasn't great, but what, what Doc Rivers said wasn't great either. And yeah. what Joe Embiid's wasn't like everyone, like that, that's on everyone. Like Embiid saying, um, you know, the turning point was that, that play. And then someone asked Doc Rivers, if we can win a championship with Ben, he said, I, I don't know the answer. Like the whole, everything that, that was said wasn't handled good at all. Yeah. <sighs> so that's on everyone. And that's, that's probably where it started. But as, you know, for Ben, he's got to be like, look, I got to improve my game. I got to come out next year and play better. And you need to take the criticism like a man. And he hasn't done that. He's going to have to accept the booze. The first five home games are going to be booze. That's that's even if he comes back. That's true. So we'll see what happens. But... I mean, we we knew this was going to be a wacky off season, and it has been. So, 
uh, we're going to keep you posted as things happen, but this development just came out today. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> this is still a developing story, and we would love, love to keep talking about it as we have, I guess, all off-season talk about someone who doesn't even want to be here and now is suddenly returning. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even if he even if he does come back, we don't know if he's gonna, you know, fake an injury or, or get injured on purpose or, or I, I don't know. But or is he gonna show up in a fat suit? Or if he's if he's even gonna play well, like he may play poorly deliberately. Like I don't know if that's he, he's the type of guy to do that, but you never know. So we don't know what's gonna happen. But that wouldn't really help him much. No, it wouldn't. But that's all that I have on the situation. You have anything to add? I don't know. It's kind of like this whole Ben Simmons situation is kind of taken away from the excitement of the actual Sixers. Like, because the season starts in like a couple weeks, I think, right? Yep. So, and it's like, it's coming like that. And I've already forgot about it because this whole Ben Simmons situation is just taking over everything. So it's kind of a shame, um, but I am excited for the Sixers. It's just the whole Ben Simmons thing is kind of taking the, the, my excitement away for, from it, which thinks because, you know, I love the Sixers, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Um, and, I, you know, when this first started, I, I said I want Ben Simmons to come back because we're a better team with Ben Simmons. We just are. Still are. Oh, yeah, we still are. So, you know, if he can come back and, and play well for us, then – we we have a legitimate shot. We do. It's just we don't know if that's gonna happen. So that's all I got. All right. On that note, that somber note, we've reached our destination for the day. We'd like to thank you guys for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Find us on phlsportsnation.com where you can find all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can also find us on Twitter at the PHL Bandwagon. We share polls every week. We love the interaction with you guys, so please feel free to share those and comment. Uh, you can call us stupid if you want because sometimes we actually are. Uh, we're also on Facebook at the PHL Bandwagon. You can follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels. You can follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. We're available wherever podcasts are available. We're on Anchor. Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and if we're not on one, just shoot us an email at phlbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, you can shoot us any emails, any questions. If you want us to bring something up on the show, we would love to answer for you. All right. We've reached our destination. <clears throat> we'll see you at the next stop. Go, Bart. Come on.